0: Welcome to Paradigm Shifters, everyone. We're going to speak about the paradigms that are shifting 100 miles an hour today. And we have a special guest who has an institute called the Arlington Institute. But our special guest is John Peterson. And John started, you started the Arlington Institute, didn't you, John?
1: I did, in fact, almost 30 years, over 30 years ago.
0: Wow. And John's a futurist, which is something you and I all want to know more about. Like, what is going on in the world, and what is the future, and what is the kind of projection of that? And John's been able to... Uh, study and speak with people in so many different paradigms. People who are intuitives, people who are shifting dimensions, people who are scientists, and through the years, you've gathered an awful lot of information, plus having your own insights. So welcome to the show, John Peterson. It's nice to be here. I'm really glad to talk to you, because I've been listening to, as I said earlier, I've been listening to a lot of your um, uh, like the talk about 2012 that you did. And we know how kind of dramatic that was. And I chuckled and went, wow, hasn't it got way more dramatic? But way back then, you said the systems were going to be challenged and we're going to be breaking up. And I thought, why don't we jump into today? The systems? Uh, Is the political, uh, are we moving toward a global right wing situation? Can we link with beings beyond the planet in order to give us a huge shift? And what about the coronavirus? Can you answer all of that right away?
1: (laughs) In one paragraph. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh.
0: You don't have to do it in order because guess what? There isn't much order out there, it seems.
1: Yeah, well, that, that seems, that's true.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I, I got in this business a long time ago. Uh, you know, 20, well, like I say, I started the Arlington Institute 30 years, more than 30 years ago.
0: You're an engineer, are you?
1: And I'm an electrical engineer by education. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got involved in presidential politics and ended up in Washington and worked at the White House, at the National Security Council staff and a number of other uh, things. And, and when I started the Arlington Institute, we, we were per, uh, predominantly focused on how to uh, kind of look out into the horizon and the incoming things uh, and help the military redefine the whole notion of national security. Uh, well, the problem up until then, and it continues till now, is that there are a lot of folks in the business who are just focused on killing people and breaking things. And so I was uh, interested in how to expand that to issues like the environment and social value changes, and uh, any number of uh, big big events that were coming downstream that are genuine. genuine national security issues and uh and i and i kind of became the the de facto futurist for the department of defense and used to work with very senior people within within the the the, uh, organization for quite some time and it it became obvious to me in the um, in the in the late 90s uh and uh, every part of the uh that, that well middle mid nineties or so on that there that there was a big converging uh, trends coming downstream and where you were having environmental and climate kind of issues and you were having extraordinary kind of technology that was coming downstream there were sh- giant fundamental shifts in house social values and uh, uh Uh, we're we're moving to say uh, nothing about change that was showing up on almost every in every dimension and so I began talking back then about the fact that there was a point up here on the horizon where the things were really going to change and they were going to be really fundamental and it was back in that period of time that I figured out that uh, all of the change comes from outside from outside of the, the the early indicators of change they all come from outside of the box hmm and it's not conventional people who are going to see the change that by the time it becomes conventional and widespread and generally understood it's 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 not the future right it's now and it's and so I begin to work but
0: that that's the essence of politics isn't it? its whether people believe it or not and they're fighting for security right
1: well, in this particular case, I became convinced that, there, that not only was there a conventional kind of change and a lot going on, but there, that it was unconventional. And there were things like you implied that were, you know, psychics and intuitives and remote viewers and any number of other kind of folks that were plugged into a, an aspect of reality that uh, was not generally considered, you know, the area of, of my profession and in general and certainly wasn't a, a component of thinking about a time of extraordinary disruptive change that was inbound and the only way that I could figure out to, to try to uh, see what was on the horizon or the possibilities of what might be on the horizon uh in this time where we were plowing such extraordinary new ground was to get outside of the box and start to consider
2: uh,
1: other kinds of un non-standard what I call them unconventional sources now i want to quickly say that in the same way that you know there are uh, lawyers and there are lawyers uh, you you What everybody knows is that you can get a good good lawyer and you you can get a not very good lawyer. And you could get a a really smart, good lawyer, but he could be the wrong lawyer for the project that you've got. If if you're doing patent work, uh, you don't want to get a real estate uh, lawyer. And so the same thing works in the unconventional space in terms of intuition, psychics, and channels, and so on. Um, there are some that are good and there's some that aren't, and there are some that are very, uh, adept in certain areas and not so much in other areas. So it's a whole lot like just uh, dealing with people, I think. And so I think you have to be very kind of selective and, uh, and, uh, in, in terms of, of, of the use of, and, uh, accessing these kinds of capabilities. But when you do, what you find out is that there's this common theme that says huge change was coming downstream mm-hmm. and that it was going to be bigger than anything in the in, in all of uh, the history of the planet as we understand it. And if you uh, see those kinds of indicators coming from multiple sources, Then you can work yourself back into the conventional side of the equation, which is, you know, economics and politics and energy and information technology and any number of the other kind of things that we're all familiar with. And you can look for the early indicators and the weak signals that point toward uh, the emergence or the trending toward one of those uh, kind of pop uh, future futures that are showing up in other kind of spaces. And that's what got me into this business. And that's what's focused me uh, for over 25 years on the fact that there was extraordinary big change coming downstream and that it was unprecedented and it was going to represent uh, a, a number of things. It's uh, certainly uh, on one on one hand, it is going to you're seeing the implosion of all of the conventional systems, and what that presents is it generates a vacuum. So in conventional terms, you're going to get a vacuum in and which allows for the emergence of a new world and uh in a whole new set of uh, a whole new paradigm a whole new framework for understanding our reality
0: but work. an implosion on and, its root as the, as it starts to implode doesn't everything get disrupted i mean it, there's an awful lot of confusing chaotic disruption going on
1: well of course everything's connected to everything else
0: it's an all,
1: all a big system mm-hmm. and so nothing operates independently so when you start to pull the pins on you know the politics, or whatever it turns out to be, uh, financial system. The uh, the whole thing starts to shake, and uh, and particularly, you know, you had generational kind of changes where you young people come in who have different kind of points of view. All of, there's just all kinds of dimensions to this that are all moving at the same time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so at the same time that the kind of conventional system is coming unglued, what's happening is that uh, you, you're having an, uh, uh, an evolutionary kind of jump in terms of, of human beings. And uh, this is the rather well-known kind of notion of the increase in uh, consciousness and frequency and so on that has happened uh, in, in lesser ways. Mm-hmm. Many times in the past, every, there, there have been a variety of these paradigm shifts where there's been rather significant changes, jumps in short periods, increasingly short periods of time. This one's going to be very, very large, in a very short period of time. And what's going to happen is a new human is going to come out of the middle of this. Mm-hmm. And it's already starting to arise now. Hmm. The new human has uh, and going to have many capabilities that are uh, not commonly available, but can be found throughout uh, humanity. Uh, Things, uh, literally things like not ultimately not needing to eat food and the ability to uh, have deep intuition and being able to see auras and to be able to manifest things and so on. And what,
0: but I think uh, self healing, self knowing, and self—oh yeah, oh my, yeah—all yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. of these kinds of things, which, uh, like I say, you can find many places within the uh, the world in the system. I mean, there are young people in China and other kind of places who can just flip through a book and tell you everything. You know, just fan the edges of a book, mm-hmm. and we'll be able to tell you everything that's inside of the book. I mean. There's extraordinary kind of capabilities that humans have that are being enabled, by the way, probably by energy that's coming out of the center of the sun and the center of the galaxy.
0: I really believe that the The energy coming out of the sun uh, or the galaxies, you know, I was involved with the oneness blessings for a while and that's all based on a lot of that as well, which is a healing source.
1: Well, that, uh, our solar system is moving into a different area in space and it's like flying an airplane through a cloud where the where the cloud has different densities and so it gets lighter and darker and lighter and darker as you fly through it. And, um, and similarly, we're going into an area where the energetics are significantly different, uh, very high mag- magnetism compared to where we've been. And... Uh, more hydrogen content and some other things. And all of this we discovered, uh, from the Voyager satellites that what we sent out the uh, space probes that went out in the early seventies. And, and so it's clear that we're going into a space that has different energetics. What that happens is that that affects the stars and the uh, planets that move into that space because the, the, uh, the universe is all electric and, uh, And so it's all interconnections. And so there's magnetism and electric currents that flow in between all of these entities. And so uh, you can look out in front of us and see uh, David Wilcock talks about that in the last couple of years, 23 different stars that are out in front of us moving into this different density area. And the clouds have had uh, solar flares uh, because they are 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 getting rid of apparently the increased kind of energy, hmm. and so you have the possibility of things like that happening on our own sun. And so, the point I'm trying to make is that there are a series of not only conventional kind of human, uh, directly human caused changes that are happening, i.e., technology and social value shifts and other such things. Uh, But also there are things like climate change, which is also being driven by the sun. Uh, And and the best science now is starting to say that it's going to get cold and uh, not going to get warm. Uh, And these places where it's warm and cold right now, there are extremes around the world, are the oscillations of the system before you get a state change and it moves to... Another state, and, and there's uh, science coming out of Russia and other places that are making very compelling cases that we're going to move into a little mini-ice age. Well, if that turns out to be the case, what it's going to do is uh, fundamentally change the environment that in the northern uh, uh, latitudes at least of the northern hemisphere, it's going to change uh, all the way food uh, is grown and the way we use energy for heating and other such things and so you have that you have uh the kind of implosion of the the human systems around you've got the uh, distinct possibility it's showing up all over the place and uh, that uh, there's going to be a, a disclosure of, of of extraterrestrial life and the fact that some agencies and government have probably for years been in com- communications with these kinds of guys and that mm-hmm. they have the extraordinary kind of technologies that we don't have. Uh, We've heard that, that happened, for
0: 50-odd years, haven't we? We've heard like that there is communication and that there is science that has come from.
1: Yeah, yeah but you, you haven't had, heard the government of the United States. You haven't heard the president of the United States. Stand up and say, "Well, we've got some extraordinary new. I'm going to announce that we've got some extraordinary (laughs) new energy technology that is going to revolutionize the how energy is done on this planet, and it's a product of this long-term kind of discussions and interchange and interaction with these alien sources that we've had, and and this is the beginning of a whole new era. And uh, you know, we're going to start an interaction with these folks, and you know, I mean, that's a really Really, really. I mean, it's a huge, probably the most profound kind of event in in uh, of of its kind, at least in in the history of the planet. And it would. It's actually very exciting,
0: isn't it? It would be, but it would call
1: into question all of the
0: issues, uh, all,
1: all of what we think about in terms of history and. Uh, particularly the history of the planet, to say nothing about history on on, on the Earth. Uh, it, there are all kinds of things about cosmology and what, theology, if you will, about God and such. It'll just blow science out. of A lot of science that we presume to be correct, just blow it out of the water. There will be technologies that will come along, like I say, like energy and other things that will... Uh, be kind of amazing. I'm working with a group right now that we've been 19 two-hour sessions trying to build a vision for what a new world might look like and uh, looking at the different kind of contributing factors. And, you know, one of the things that some one of the participants came up with was the idea that there's technology that's going to emerge that's going to allow us to uh, speak to trees and animals and other such things and access the subtle energy realms that are all around us in very active uh, kind of ways. Well, all of this stuff is huge in terms of its implications, to the, the kind of the status quo. And so I think all of that's coming together. It's coming together right now. This so you, a, what you're
0: saying is people are beginning to tune into their own as well in order to be a part of these changes. At least that's how I
1: take yeah, it. Yeah, some are. Some are and some aren't. Mm-hmm. Some are. Everybody's being affected uh, in the same way, uh, but or influenced uh, or exposed in the same way, uh, but not everybody responds the same way. And so do you think? A, do you think
0: awakening just, is just becoming aware of yourself being a vibrational being and and the flexibility that can be innate with that?
1: I think it requires that, but there's more to it than that. It's more than just an intellectual understanding of uh, you, you know, a new physics or a new kind of set of, of uh, kind of operating scientific operating principles. Uh, what you have to do is uh, move yourself into a new uh, a new operating and personal operating. Uh, environment that allows you to observe what's going on in this world kind of at an arm's length. It's like the old biblical principle of being in the world but not of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, that um, Because around this we're going to watch increasingly all of the major institutions and the uh, relationships that we have all built our sense of self and purpose and security around are all going to start to collapse because the old paradigm is collapsing. Mm -hmm. And if you've tied yourself too too closely to all of those things, uh, what happens is that you are, uh, you're adrift Mm -hmm. uh, because they all go, they all go away or they all collapse. and, And, and you suddenly have no base, nothing to ground yourself, nothing to base yourself around because uh, your religion, or the government, or whatever it is, has been M- telling money, you money,
0: to, mm-hmm. and
1: how to think. Yeah, all this time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, and if it if it starts to go away, then, and if you don't figure out how to operate independently, uh, then then it's really tough. And so uh, I I believe that you have to learn to develop intuition so that you can. Uh, be able to access information, even though there's a lot of chaos all going around you. So that, uh, going on around you, so that you can be able to make effective decisions in a time of uh, great uncertainty. I think you have to have uh, some kind of an idea about where you're going and what a new world might look like and what's coming at the back end
0: of this thing. And who you really are, maybe. Hey?
1: Yeah, well, you, you have to have hope. Because otherwise, everything else is coming unglued, and so and hope is a kind of a function of a sense a future, or having a desirable future somewhere, and so that's why we're trying. To, I and some of my friends are trying to build a new image of what a new world look like, so that people can start to focus on that and see that this is not just the implosion of the old system, but it is the um, coming together uh, in a new direction for the humanity, and it's going to be amazing and rather exciting.
0: I, I think it's exciting, too. My own guidance has said for a long time that the Internet is like training wheels for our intuition. Ultimately, we'll be able to connect much more easily with everyone without a machine.
1: Well, I, I think so. I think that uh, kind of the major dynamic of this transition is that there are kind of two different general paths and one of them is a uh, is a a kind of uh, technocracy kind of thing where the internet and 5G and genetic uh, modification and uh, and on and on artificial intelligence all of these kinds of things are coming together to offer one kind of model of human that is highly integrated and dependent upon the technologies and in ultimately manipulated and driven by the technologies and the algorithms and the people behind them. And that's what the major kind of force in play in this world is right now. The alternative is one where you uh, rise to the occasion, this awakening, as you call it, or the enlightenment, or whatever you want to call it, is uh, essentially an activation of the internal capabilities and the innate uh, characteristics that are part of uh, of the human. And, and in particular, what it looks like is that it's uh, elements of our DNA that have been characterized as being junk DNA. Uh, in fact, have been dormant, and they are some of this energy from out of the galaxy and the sun, and so on is is actually activating some of this DNA that hasn't been very you know, hasn't been active in the past, and that's what is going to allow this new human uh, that will populate the new world to uh, be able to have a, a, an extended set of capabilities that will allow it to be able to deal in this space of high rates of change and unpredictability in conventional terms. But when you have access to your intuition and other things, you can make uh, effective decisions in the face of all of this uh, chaotic kind of environment. And uh, like I said earlier, there are the ability to manifest and other such things. And so on one end, you have a, a new human who has more of the more of the capabilities uh, that are being kind of sold on the other side of the equation for the technocracy, uh, where technology, the mechanics, kind of run the whole thing. But over on our side of the equation, if you will, is the possibility that we could do everything that they talk about in these big databases and being able to, you know, visualize and whatever, that you could do all of that yourself. Uh, and that's an integral part of who, who we can be. And that's what I think is really exciting about this is, uh, is trying to help encourage the, in, the emergence of this new human and, in fact, then the new world that is uh, built around the new planet. Poly- principles and the new values and the assumptions and the understandings that the human has.
0: So do you think we'll be able to, thank you for that. I like that a lot. I agree with you entirely so far. (laughs) What about, um, I'm going to jump into the politics. The politics of today are very frightening for a lot of people. Because, and I tease, my, I'm from Canada initially, I tease my American friends and say, well, I keep reading that this is an experiment in democracy, and it doesn't seem to be working very well. Do you think the shift in America is being, uh, uh, what, prompted by this chaos, the fear, the jostling with one another for what's right and wrong? I, I don't know. Do you have any comments about the political upheavals that are going on?
1: Well I think uh, as I've suggested that uh, all of the existing or the legacy systems are going to implode mm. uh, they have th- that they have built into them the inability to sustain themselves in the long term uh, you know the print that you you alluded you talked about money well there's the a whole notion of valuing money more than anything else in all our economics and so on is is just it has no ultimate of sustainability it, you have to start to have a, a larger sense of what is valuable than just just money
2: mm-hmm. and
1: so uh, and so the existing systems whether you, whether they're religion or whether they're government or whether they're education or science or whatever they are are all uh, transitional if you will they have uh, served a purpose in this transition of the uh, evolution of humanity but we're entering going to enter a new era a new age and that new age is going to be characterized by an, a dramatic new set of understandings about how all these things work now quickly i can give you an example and say that if i can manifest if if 50 years from now kind of it's common for a significant Component of this new world or this new human to be able to manifest things uh, by by you know a, a, relative, a relatively simple process of imaging and, and coupling it up with in, uh, with uh, feelings and 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 and, uh, and other kind of stuff. Well, if you just think about that for a minute. Twenty seconds. What you figure out is that there's no economy in that space uh, because you don't have to move things from one place to another or get them manufactured somewhere and move them to where you need it. Uh, or at least there's no economy in any kind of terms that we
2: understand it
1: right now uh, because you can start to manufacture. You can do you. You are the the, the, the manufacturing and the manifesting kind of capability. And so and it's it's similar. If you, if one of the characteristics of the new human, which is commonly commonly kind of indicated, is the ability to uh, to have telepathy, to be able to know what other people are thinking, and to, in fact, see auras and know about the background of somebody and whether they're t- telling the truth and other such things. Well,
0: and do remote viewing as well. Right? Well, all of that, all of that as well, but. Uh,
1: if you can, if you can start to understand what other people are thinking and whether they're telling the truth or not, then you know all kinds of crazy things start to change. I mean, advertising starts to change, and uh, government—you know—government politicians all kind of go to the window in terms that we've already un- always kind of understood them. And uh, and maybe I would argue that there is a, this new world is going to be built around. Oh, I don't know, half a dozen or eight at the most kind of basic principles that say things like uh, you can do anything you want as long as you don't hurt anybody else, or I don't know, something, some things, big general principles like that, that everybody is taught, all the kids are taught, it becomes an integral part of what human nature is and how you make decisions. And if you do that, you don't need governments at all, anywhere like what what we've got now. You don't need all kinds of regulations. It really becomes like traffic circles where everybody knows what the rule is. You look to the left, and when the hole opens up, then you can go forward into the traffic circle. Well, it's kind of like that in terms of of so many kind of things in life. And so all of the uh, kind of images and the institutions and the structures that we have built over these, uh, you know, a couple hundred years or however long it is, they're certainly within the into this kind of industrial age is are all uh, going to change, mm-hmm. and uh, and so it's going to really and and so what you're seeing with the present politics is is the implosion, the the, the destruction of the present system because it is being driven to its extremes uh, in this increasing kind of Christian energetic kind of increase that is uh, driving us toward this new space. Um, and so it's, uh, it, it's going to happen. It's happening all over the place. It's happening in terms of just say in terms of communications and in terms of human relations and all kinds of things. I, I, kind I think there's fairly. another
0: thing too. And I, I'm just throwing this in, to see what you say to this, but, I feel like as we what is uh become as we become more aware of the systems that are breaking down as we become more aware of these changes we can become more aware of our identities and where we've plastered them on with paint or whether they're really us do you know what I mean I think more people are finding out more about who they are in order to develop a society that isn't hanging hanging on this or that identity
1: I think that's uh, fundamental and, uh, to this whole thing: that the clear understanding of who you are and why you're here, and what your what your what your purpose is. Yeah, big question. Uh, well, you've got? A, well, they are, but on one side you've got uh, governments and uh, commerce and economics and everybody else trying to all of whom are trying to tell you that you need to be. What they want you to be. You exactly. need to do what they tell you. What they tell you to be. Mm-hmm. To do. You've got families. You've got religions. Like I say, you've got all of these things that are trying to tell you what they think you, how you ought to. Act. And so the kind of the essence of this awakening, of the, or this ability to deal in this new space, is finding who you really are. And figuring out that you can operate independently here. You have the capabilities to make your own decisions. You have the ability to get the information that you need in order to navigate into and make sense out of this world. And you don't need to be dependent upon all of those other kinds of folks. And if you want to distill it down into a bumper sticker, (laughs) it is uh, no no fear that you can operate into a space where you uh, get to make the decision. It's a kind of personal sovereignty that says you can make the decisions that you need to make and you don't need anybody else to do it. And by the way, you don't have to be afraid of any of them Mm -hmm. because you know who you are and you know what you can do and what, and so on. And so it's a, it's a really uh, different uh, kind of uh, understanding of who we are as individuals. And, uh, Uh, So it's like a
0: quantum leap into who we are in a way, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Exactly. That we've moved into a new, uh, much higher level of understanding the essence of who we are. I mean, the way I was raised, uh, everything was, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I was me, I guess, as best I could tell. And everything else was on the outside. The trees and the people and everything else were other than me. Mm-hmm. And there is a, a whole, whole new understanding that's coming out of this thing. Just saying we're all interconnected. It's all one, and it's all and so it, it operates in a whole different kind of way. And I have, I am, if you will, a direct kind of component of the creating force, the source that is produced all of this and that in itself just uh, uh, suggests that I've got amazing kind of capabilities and powers that if I can access them appropriately would allow me to do all kinds of things that Mm -hmm. all of these structures religion and families and society and education and all these kinds have been trying to tell me how I need to act and I don't need to do that there's Mm -hmm. a Wonderfully liberating space that is emerging uh, where we can.
0: It's really uh, start empowering. To mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Very much. Very much.
0: Yeah. So, can you talk a bit about the virus? Don't you have some knowledge about global virus situations? Something like that.
1: Yeah, the, the information, and, and this is a lot of people are going to take issue with this, but uh, I can promise you that there's very fundamental kind of
0: science. And we don't mind things, but, issues, John.
1: Uh, okay. But uh, uh, no, number one, I mean, if, if I can just run you down this, a sequence, uh, number one, it's, it's very clear from the science that masks make no difference at all. Uh, there are 17 different scientific studies that have been done since I think it was uh, in the 70s, I think, and every one of them, where they're randomly c- controlled ones, say that there's it's impossible. It makes no difference at all uh, because the uh, viruses are uh, a thousand times smaller than the openings that are in any kind of mask. And as a matter of fact, there are two studies that say that surgeons uh, should not be wearing masks. Uh, and one, one of those studies says that uh, there was a... a Twice as much infection from surgeons who are wearing masks uh, than if they didn't wear masks, and so. Uh, well, why do you, and, then and sometimes
0: another, when there's people gathering without masks, they have a, a surge of of infections?
1: Well, it's not that, that that's not uh, it, that, at best it's coincidental. Uh, it has nothing. You can't tell me that it's causal. Uh, it, at all, it, it, because what I'm going to tell you is that the um, the testing uh, that is uh, being done, the PCR test. Uh, the inventor of the test is a guy named Kerry Mullen, who has got a Nobel Prize. He's a biologist on the, in on the L.A. area. Uh, when he de- when he designed the test, he said this should not be used for diagnosis. Oh. Uh because it's not accurate, and so when you look down and uh, there's all kinds of new kind of articles that are coming out about the very essence of the test. what you find out i mean the New York Times had a front page story that said ninety ninety percent of all of the tests are mm-hmm. inaccurate uh and they're inaccurate because and they're and and they have false positives. Uh, because when you really drill down on what you find out is that the test is impossible to identify uh, any kind of coronavirus
2: hmm. uh, it,
1: because it is designed not to do that. Uh, I mean, the way it was designed was not to to function in this kind of way. So what you've got is uh, people that are getting tested and the the tests are saying positive. And the fact of the matter is, is that, 80% of the people who supposedly have positive tests have no indications and no, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're well, they're not sick. They have no indications of any kind of problems at all. And, uh, and so, uh, and, and what has happened is that all of the, the deaths, uh, uh in, in the United States, this is CDT numbers, uh, In the United States, of the supposedly over 200,000 people who have died related to COVID-19, only 6,491 of them have died from corona. All of the rest have died with corona. And what that means, and the average age has been 80, and the average person who has died has got two and a half, on the average, two and a half, uh, comor- uh uh morbidities uh, they they have they are sick old people and it's like you exposing them to the flu and when you do that their 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 system is so compromised because of the other problems that they have that 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 it causes them to die
0: well what about and, the other stories uh, about the kids that uh, get sick and they they have something that comes out of having the coronavirus, but it isn't quite that that destroys some of their organs. I haven't read enough of it, but I read some of it, you know. Little kids are getting it.
1: Well, uh, I'm not familiar with that. Okay. What I know is the, the official notion numbers say that essentially no kids get it. And uh, what I also know is, and this is well documented, is that there are all kinds of incentives that were put in place for doctors and hospitals to uh, to diagnose people as having COVID uh, no matter what happened. Literally, if they got killed in a motorcycle crash or they uh, uh, got shot or some other kind of thing, they put on the death certificate that it's COVID because there's huge monetary
0: yeah I've heard uh, incentive. that mm-hmm. right that was a while so, ago so I number... thought they'd moved beyond that,
1: thought that well, was... the, but but the problem is is that 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 almost not there 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 is what what is now coming out is that, that there is no basis this is CDC kind of stuff from there from their uh, papers and from their studies and that they're, they have not been able to isolate the coronavirus. Uh, and so what you've got is a whole set of of people that are getting tested and they're supposedly having positive responses and it's nothing. There's hmm. nothing there in any substantive kind of terms. Now, what what you can also look at is that the fact that across this planet, pick any country, there are no more people that have died this year than last year at this time. So there, are, there has been no increase, no significant increase at all in terms of deaths over what it's been year to year over year. So there is no pandemic in the terms that they've done. This is all politics. They're trying to do this.
0: And, and why would uh, you say they're trying uh, to do it? Why, why are they?
1: Because what it looks like is that they're trying, there's an effort to try to rebuild the economy into what they're calling this new green model or whatever it is. And uh, they're trying to eliminate and tear down the, the the present economy so that they can rebuild it up in a different kind of way. But they, they, the thing that's important to understand here is that... Um, that there are studies out of Stanford University and and, uh, and over in Europe somewhere, both have come to the same conclusion, and it shows statistically and scientifically that ten times as many people have died from the effects of the the political effects from the social distancing and the lockdowns and the masks and other kind of thing. Ten times as many people have died from that than supposedly from COVID. There is a huge impact the number of suicides have increased. There were, you know, there were 850,000 people in the in the restaurant business in New York that are out of business. There are over 385,000 restaurants and bars across the United States that have all collapsed and are not probably coming back. They have destroyed the, the, the uh Travel industry, the aircraft and the airplanes, and on and on. This so, do a, you it,
0: think it's a plan it, then? Do you think it's a plan? A,
1: yeah, yeah, a takeover. As a, yes, it's an effort to bring down the present system. They, and and by the way, the people underneath it, they know that, that COVID is not what, what they're saying it is. They know masks don't do any good. And the masks, and what the masks do is they build. Build fear into the system. They make everybody fear everybody else because mm-hmm. they think they might get get sick from somebody walking down the other side of the sidewalk. And uh, and what it does, and in in order to uh, effectively control people, they have to be afraid. And so, what they're, what this, the purpose behind. It, all is to generate fear, and well,
0: the whole thing uh, is it's global. Capital. It's global, John. So who is doing the generating? I know,
1: I know. Yeah, I, I know. I know they are, and it's coming out of the WHO, and it's coming out of its foundation, and Bill Gates, and it's coming from people who have spent a, a decades, literally, trying to build up the reputations and the relationships and the control systems to be able to do this right now and uh there are clear indications for instance that world leaders have been uh bribed uh and and offered in one case uh, three quarters of a billion dollars if they would only uh bring their whole country into uh compliance with all of these national shutdown and masking demands and so on and uh well, and, you uh, had you and, had
0: and a, a talk around 2019, and you were talking about some satellites that were put out there to give everybody a uh, to induce something in all of us. That really shook me.
2: Well, know? well, the most
1: the most interesting thing to me is, about the whole COVID thing is the suggestion and the likelihood, as a matter of fact, and and a good scientific basis to suggest that. Uh, what's happening here is that people who are getting sick are getting sick from uh, the effects of five G of this new energy, higher frequency energy that's in the five G uh, cellular system or Wi Fi uh, and cellular system. And and what and 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 there are there are books, uh, interesting books that have been re- written about historically about. Every time that we have introduced new uh, kind of forms of energy widespread, whether it's radios initially or then after that radars, which we split up all over the place and so on, that what what you've had is an epidemic of some sort because the body has had a hard time dealing with the new energy. And what it does is it produces all of these yeah, uh, viruses are produced by by the cells in response to the, trying to eliminate poisons inside of the body, and uh, which are from some other kind of situation, and that's where the virus comes from. And so, uh, right now, what you've got is, I mean, the first the first city in in China, that was all wired up for five G and turned on last last year was wuhan mm-hmm. and you had uh similar things up in northern uh uh in northern uh, italy and uh tehran and uh, uh and so on i mean there are there are interesting kind of suggestions that says that this is uh is influenced and affected by the amount of electromagnetic this, this specific amount, the increasing amount of electromagnetic energy in this system. There are some doctors who have looked at this very smart, open-minded guys who say that it also seems to center itself around where areas where Roundup has been heavily used in yeah, the food that. source hmm yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: But there's another question, which was, uh, or, or just tying back into that thing, which I, I'm I'm sure it was you. It was a uh, thing I was listening to. It was 2019, and it was something to do with satellites with some kind of information that was being sent down and imposed upon people. Well, that's
1: that's the problem. It's probably the problem with the whole vaccine business because what it looks like is one of the objectives of this, whole COVID thing is to try to get everybody vaccinated. And uh, the problem with that is that the vaccination, among many other problems, one of them is that the vaccine that they're trying to use use and they're starting up is a, a DNA or an RNA based vaccine, which nobody has ever used before and it's never been tried before. But what it effectively does is change your DNA and that changes who you are as a human being, and, and fundamentally. And the other issue with that relative to the satellite question is that there are indications, uh, more than just speculation, that there are small little nanobots that are very, 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 very small that uh, are 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 part of these vaccines. And when they are injected into your body, they distribute themselves all over the place and they get up in your brain, among other places. And these mm-hmm. nanobots, and this is not, let me say this, this is not just science fiction's crazy stuff. This is real. Mm-hmm. And the nanobots have the, uh, have the ability to identify you as an individual. Uh, that is to say they can generate a signal that can be received from outside of your body that says, this is you and this is where you're located. And there are now indications that say that there are satellite systems that are being put up and that might be an integral part of these 5G satellite networks that are uh, that uh, Elon Musk and Apple and any number of other people are trying to put up tens, scores of thousands of these satellites. And what it would effectively do Uh, if it works the way it it, it appears that it it, it might work, is that they would be able to identify you wherever you are, anywhere that you are, and know exactly uh, where you are. But more than that, uh, it would have the ability to, uh, on one hand, send information into your brain so that it would affect the way you think or the ideas or how you respond and at the same time uh what you do would be able to be trans it, your bodies you know the, the fit bits and all these kinds of things are uh just technologies that allow to monitor who you are what you're lying, what your emotional situation is and whether you're afraid or other kind of things and all that could be transmitted back to the satellite and identified
0: can they make uh, us docile? Uh, Can they make us passive? Or
1: yeah, yeah, sure. It's because it's all remember, it's all electric,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then it's all uh, chemicals, and so it's electrochemicals, and then your brain. And so, if you just change, <clears throat> change, uh, uh, change the chemistry, the electricity a certain way, you get the chemistry to change, and you start to feel differently. You get, of course, you love it, you get fearful, or you could do other kind of things.
0: So what do we but do really, about that, John? What do we do?
1: Well, we raise ourselves to uh, get ourselves awakened, and we get ourselves into a, a higher level of frequency, and you mm-hmm. get yourself into the space where you realize that uh, you don't have to be fearful, and you can operate by yourself, and that there's a whole, a whole new human emerging here, and a whole new world, and you don't become a part of all of that. So and you and because yeah. because uh, it is literally the, the the best defensive system for all of this is to be happy and to be hopeful and to and to not give off kind of the negative energy that is, uh, you know, what they're all what they all want. They want they want so you it's to called feel reaching
0: with your and, mind, isn't it? Reaching with your intention, yeah. yeah my my own guides, I'll just say one little thing about my own work, but the my guides often speak of being in a coalescence that there's coalescences moving through the universes that are that have very, very high consciousness, and I kind yeah. of like thinking yeah. about that as well. Reach with your mind, right <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Why you've given us information, I'm like, whoa, this is really powerful stuff, hey? And our health, I guess our health is tied right into it all, isn't it? As we evolve, as we awaken. Uh,
2: Yeah, Bruce Lipton
1: says some very interesting things about this. And he essentially says, your mind controls your body. Right. And how you think essentially determines what your health is right? and that there is no health issue other than if you get yourself into a car accident or something like that. But there are no kind of disease-based things that are not engendered by how you feel, and how you
2: think.
0: So if we get and, feeling distressed and, because of all this disruption in our yeah. In our atmosphere, yep. we have to know, this is not me. I have to drop inside and really move through That's it. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. you don't buy into you it, get, right?
1: You get to away from the whole thing and say, well, this is interesting. I mean, it's useful to know about it, and it's kind of a track it so I don't, so I don't get surprised. Because if you get surprised in a big way, then you get in, driven into fear. Wow. Um, uh, because you don't have, you don't know what's going on. You don't, you don't know how to deal with it. So you need to be informed.
2: Uh, yes. but
1: at the same time, you need to be formed at, at an arm's length. You need to be an observer. You need to stand back and say, oh, that's interesting. I wonder how that'll work out.
2: Mm-hmm. I just had
1: lunch with a friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, and we were talking about this. The plants is going crazy. She said, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's it's surreal that you can't tell what's real. And I said I know, it, and it, isn't it interesting? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can sit there and look at it all and say, "Wow, how can this work out?" and so on. But you don't, in a sense, you don't care.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: don't care. You don't deeply kind of. You're not attached to it all. I mean, it's one, once once
0: you've understood this physical or this detail, right?
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, if you're attached to it, they've got you.
0: Right. You know, and
1: That's so sweet. the whole idea is that, is is to disen- disengage uh, enough that you can operate without any fear, and you just know that it's going to work out. Oh, I'm, I have does. to say
0: goodbye. I'm I'm sorry, but I have to say goodbye, but you're so evocative. I don't really want to end this, but maybe you'll come back on. <laughs> <laughs> and sure. You've inspired everyone. Sure. You've been listening to well, John Peterson of the Arlington Institute, and you also have... Uh, on your site, I noticed you've got uh, Transitional Talks. What is it, Transitional Talks? Yes,
1: we do tr every, every month we have a speaker from uh, outside, like Greg Braden or Chris Lipton. We've got uh, Regina Meredith will be here next week. Uh, okay. And uh, we not only hold forth here in our little town of Berkeley Springs in the mountains of West Virginia, about 100 miles from Washington, uh, but we also live stream it. And so... You, you, Your folks can uh, uh, look up arlingtoninstitute.org, and they can find out about the free newsletter that we publish every two weeks uh, called Future Edition. Mm -hmm. And you can get invitations and see what we're doing in terms of the uh, transition talks. And then I'm about to start a video blog myself called uh, Postscript and they can access
0: that as well. You already have a couple of little features on PostScript already, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's been wonderful. I feel very, very, um, oh, I don't know, informed. Thank you so much. I feel really uh, expanded. Thank you for your time, John. Be well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. Take care.